0: If more of you supported the show, I'd be less sick of
1: podcasts. Right, man? Guys, guys. Down and go. Blubbity-blah. Blubbity-blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity-blah. Good vibes. Blubbity-blah. Good vibes. Blubbity-blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a
2: didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that.
3: Wherever the moon is placed at the time of the birth of the baby, the starting alphabet of the nakshatra is used to actually name the baby. So the names are not found out before they are decided after the baby is born and the time of the baby is born.
0: Why would you do that right after asking? Because you fucking chair squeaked. Yeah.
3: Okay, guys,
0: welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Ankit Pandey a little bit later, a lovely fellow from India, a Vedic astrologer. Among other things, we didn't even spend a a ton of time talking about astrology. To be honest, we were kind of all over the map talking about Indian culture in general. And it was one of those shows where you just kind of develop an instant rapport with uh, the guest and we just ended up having a great time. We did have to stay up late for this one. You're welcome. Uh, we interviewed him on his Independence Day uh, in his, I believe, 8 or 9 a.m. over there, which was 11 or 12 here. So, you know, we don't mind staying up all night for you guys. You guys, you know, we love you. You support us. Uh, you do all sorts of great stuff like that. We appreciate it. So, uh, yeah. And without further ado, we got, I had one all picked out for you and I spaced on it. But we got Graham. Maybe that's a hint. Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> That's not a, bad. The runs over. That's it. Yeah, it runs over. I don't know. Yeah. It had something to do with you not believing in something or believing in something too much.
2: Well, they're both probably the same thing. That's right. This, this, so what we do here, we're doing a little intro here. We, we ramble on uh, for a little while, take care of some housekeeping, get some listener emails involved and all that before the show. So you can always skip forward to the interview. There's a timestamp in the show notes. And, uh, but just a couple of notes on this. Like, I, I think this was a great, uh. A great interview. I mean, it reminds me of, or what, it, what it, I think of when I think about this is we were talking a lot about also skepticism and open-mindedness about energy systems and all that. And it's because it's such a different culture over there, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about even shockers and Tai Chi and past life regressions and um, Jungian archetypes and the tarot. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was really cool. Really good chat. I'd like to talk to him again one day.
0: Yeah, we should uh we should definitely have him back on the show. Speaking of people we should have back on the show. Um we should have what is uh the uh the Jindo.
2: Yeah, for sure. Justin. Yeah.
0: Justin Geefer back yeah. on and uh, get him to bring us up to speed on all that.
2: Yeah, he's been sending uh, doing some more YouTube videos. It's pretty interesting.
0: But yeah, yeah, I think this is a great chat. You guys enjoy it. Absolutely. So what
2: have you been up to? No, not much, you know, just podcasting, we reading know? a book. Well, speaking of reading books, I want a big shout out to Celia from our CE5 group here in Calgary. She made that handbook and I read the handbook. I narrated it. She's got the first part on YouTube.
0: She's oh, yeah, gone and she's it.
2: done it a little. Oh, did you? How'd you know? Twitter. She
0: tweeted something oh. about Graham from Graham America reading it. So I retweeted so it. So I'll put
2: it in the show notes. It's the first part of the CE5 handbook. She's going to put out the second part soon. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good.
0: Well done, bud. This is that was your audiobook debut, debut. Now you're on what number three, number four? Was it? You're a narrator.
2: Was it? Was it my? Uh, I think. Debut? It was yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know what you. Well, we do this essays and all that in the in the black budget feed, as well. Yeah, yeah. and you've got some ideas about some books you want to read too, right? I was going to do Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Oh, I was just listening to that today. That's fascinating stuff. The book? Uh, yeah, I was. I I listened to a summary on YouTube about it. Oh, a summary, and and it's it was pretty mind blowing how advanced his thinking seemed to be back. Oh, then dude, I'm about I'm like, about halfway through. Oh, really? You're just yeah. reading it now? Yeah. And I'm, how long is it?
0: I think it's about six hours.
2: Totally. And I don't. I, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I don't mean to say advanced in that way, but it just it just doesn't feel like back in the Roman times. Like, what was it? When was it what was it? What was he? Two tw- tw- two thousand like years ago? Years yeah. Like a over just.
0: Well, you about, there's a lot about of self awareness there. The, like, the fact he's that like, the guy who wrote that. For all intents and fucking purposes, is God. He can have all the money, all the women. He can have fucking anything he wants. He's the emperor of Rome. Was he? Yeah. Mm. And he still lives by all of these. Being nice. He lives by all these doctrines that people like me and you struggle to keep. We guys like us struggle to. Day, keep up to his uh, level of level awareness. of self-discipline and awareness. And, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. he's able to do it in this position. And you yeah. know what else is interesting about meditations? It was in his will to burn that motherfucker. No. Yeah. What? Why? Yeah. Because it wasn't for anyone else but himself. What? It was, it was his writings and his meditations to keep himself grounded and in a good place. So his instructions were to burn that book. And the guy who was supposed to burn it was like, I can't burn this. So now, so now we have the book. Wow. Anyway, there's a bunch of narrations of it out there. So maybe I shouldn't bother. But what I was thinking is I don't know if there's any, like, I don't think you can, you can listen to it on YouTube and stuff like that, but I don't think you can like get it for free on audible or mm-hmm. anything like that. So I was figuring we'll just do a free one and throw it in the black budget and then yeah. uh, they'll have a version of it. And I'd like to read it, uh, in that capacity,
2: there was a couple other ones. I am interested
0: to see, like, how, how have you found reading a book out loud? I Do you like find it; it sinks in more.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah,
2: yeah, but you know, you could also you get you also could get on an autopilot and it doesn't sink in. That can happen, but I try to stay really into it and really involved in it. You and just it, and sh- it does
0: sink in. Shut the yeah. ego off while you are reading. So it doesn't start. Maybe it's just the thinking brain. I've been calling it the ego lately, though.
2: That's probably a fair description.
0: Hmm. So you got to shut him up so the observing mind can just take it in.
2: Yeah. There were some old books from that uh, had the copyright off. You, you know, you call I came those, in. Here, some of those are good.
0: I came in here the one day and started trying to do one of them, and I got about halfway through, and I was like, "This sucks."
2: <laughs> so was it the content that sucked, or yeah? Or the style of writing? The
0: style and everything, yeah. You'd have to really mine through it. You'd have to have read it first, for sure. You can't just, because I was just sort of picking a few out by their title.
2: Well, just throw it in the Voice Dream app, not that we're advertising the Voice Dream app, and then listen to it through that. and then if you'd like it, then go for it.
0: Throw it in the Grammaric app.
2: Yeah. Text-to-speech?
0: Text-to-speech, yeah.
2: Do we have that in the Grammaric app?
0: Probably not, no.
2: Can we do our own voices in that? and then just So it's like us reading a... An electronic document? It's not a bad idea.
0: Stop shaking the table. Uh, I think there's a lot to that. I'm just going to guess there's a lot to <laughs> making an uh, intuitive voice reading text-to-voice app. There's probably a lot to Considering that. Considering they're but all
2: if, electronic and it's not even If there's somebody even the in voices, the
0: audience that can do it, let us know because we do have... I think we're approaching about a thousand hours. So we probably have more of us talking on the internet than like 99% of the population. So
2: I'd say oh, it's a real thinking, possibility yeah, yeah. that you're deep faking it. I would, it. Say, no, I I would
0: say we're about 10 years away from just being able to throw random podcasters into your apps. Maybe five, maybe three.
2: That's interesting. I mean, you you'd think you'd there'd
0: like, be boom, Graham Dunlop's my Siri.
2: You think there'd be a, <laughs> Do you think there'd be a way to do like, that? Be great? the top 2,000 words that would make up for 90% of, you know, what's needed or that something? That would be fantastic. Right? Wouldn't it be? That would make you my Siri Wouldn't you too, be? and I'd be
0: super rude to you.
2: Can you just read all the words? Probably. How many can there be that we really use in our dialogue? I bet you it's less than. A couple thousand probably.
0: Hey Siri, how many words are in your vocabulary? Oh, I, want to say.
2: I hate that If you she's know, not just going to answer the question Don't send me to a that's Google That's probably link.
0: proprietary
2: No You don't think? Well ask Siri how many is in Alexa's vocabulary
0: Hey Siri how many words are in Alexa's vocabulary it's, It came up with Lexus Okay I found this on the web for how many words are in Alexa's vocabulary <laughs> 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 Like three <laughs> <laughs> Boom boom <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I bet you it's not 2,000, though. Oh, yeah. I bet you it's less.
2: No, it's more than
0: that. More than that? How many words do you think you use?
2: 10,000?
0: No, I'm just kidding. Ta! I'd say it's less than 100. No, dude. What, i to see. Say, how
2: many words in a normal person's vocabulary?
0: Hey, Siri, how many different words does the average person use in a day?
1: Stuff. One moment. Okay. Oh. I found this on the web for how many different words does the average person use in a day? Check it out.
2: Why can't you just say it? I mean, there's a if you have to click on stuff, okay, there's this. no point in using it. Forty eight hundred yeah. words in a month. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so you'd have to do like five thousand words probably, or maybe ten thousand at the max. But maybe that's the way to do it. Why haven't Why haven't we done that already? If you got the deep fakes, why can't your favorite narrator just narrate audio, electronic documents for you? Because I mean, I'd, have he gonna Steph- get paid? I'd have Stefan Rudnicki do I that for all... I thought
0: you were going to Al-
2: say Molyneux. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought alt Righty over here was going to say Molyneux. No, no, no. No, <laughs> Stefan Rudnicki, he's my favorite. And Scott Brick is good. Because too, but- how's
0: Scott Brick getting paid?
2: Well, he... So, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. app, the app, who's going to put them in there? Pays them to do all the five thousand, ten thousand words.
0: How much are they going to pay them? So now they, the app costs they, money. How much are you will? Or to they pay do it for, the for
2: free. They do it for free, and they get a they get a percentage of the sales of the narration. You know, okay, of, of maybe of, of how people do the. So like every a, time somebody downloads every no time somebody puts yeah, got, some app, you know, of the app, an, so. an unlimited
0: amount of podcasters and narrators that are going to be plugged into this thing. Like, I, should I get paid if someone's using me to read documents?
2: Yeah. If you're yeah. doing the, if you have to narrate 10,000 words to get in there, then you should get paid for something. I mean, maybe that's the startup or maybe cost. Maybe the app or just pays you. Maybe that's the, the long app startup time. cost. You know, it's like, here's five grand to, to, to say 10,000 word. words. You no, know? I want a buck a word. A buck a word. There yeah. you go.
0: Maybe a buck fifty. If there's no royalties after, I want a buck
2: fifty The problem is the how do they do the inflection and all that? Like like the 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 voice stream's pretty good. Digitize it. So yeah, you'd have to digitize it. You got to do the
0: five thousand words like five different times and all these different and in all these different inflections. You have the question round, the statement round, the excited round, (laughs) the erotic round, all that.
1: Conventional understanding of sorcery is often folkish, surrounded in mysticism. Throughout the modern Western world, who mainstream media media
0: that in the modern Western world talks that fast? they reading art. something to somebody.
1: Okay, you're going to get a
2: suit. So, what do you sorcery. got? What do I have? I don't know. I got a, I got a couple quotes that I can read. Quotes? Yeah. My favorite quotes from the global, the octopus of global control book that we love so much. From friend of the show, Charlie, Charlie. Robinson. Hey Charlie Robinson.
1: It's the profound quote of the week. Darren,
2: this this jingle's down. growing on me. This is my favorite.
1: It's the profound court of the we
2: Remind me, I got a new one too from a, from an Instagram account I've been following. One of these guys, I feel like we should have on the show. You know, you know, you get, you ever get that on Twitter? Yeah, you do on Twitter. You're like, we should oh, yeah, talk I just to this have guy,
0: people yeah. on. Yeah, that's how we got anchored on.
2: Over the centuries, there have been many stories, some based on loose facts, others based on hearsay, conjecture, speculation, and outright lies, about groups of people who control the world. Some of these are partially accurate, others are wildly hyperbolic, but when it comes to the historical record, nothing comes close to the stereotypical, secretive group determining the fate of over 7 billion people than the Bank of International Settlements, which hides in such plain sight that very few have ever paid much attention. I'm wearing my Illuminati shirt. Nice. Nice. That's uh, Tyler Durden from Zero Hedge.
0: You know Tyler Durden is actually the character from Fight Club, right?
2: Is he? Yeah, I, I don't know that. Everybody keeps talking about Fight Club. Somebody brought it up to me a couple of days ago. Maybe I should watch it again because it's just everybody keeps talking about it. And I don't you should really, watch I, it again, but I you I should. Out, yeah. It. So
0: that's the thing about Zero Hedge is their main writer just uses it as just a pseudonym. Oh, that's
2: awesome yeah. from Fight Club. That's yeah, awesome. Fight pseudonym.
0: <laughs> so Tyler's Brad Pitt. I see. If you remember. Is that all you're doing is one quote this week? No, I'm going
2: to, I was just telling you, remind me, I'm getting this quote. Oh, I thought
0: you were talking about a jingle you had on Instagram. No, so this is
2: the, from the, this is from the odd man out. Uh, He's, he's pretty, pretty interesting. I don't even know if he's a dude or whatever on, on Instagram, but he's always got really cool quotes. They. And. uh,
0: They always have always have quotes.
2: Yeah. And he's not, uh, you know, he doesn't have any, from what I can tell, he's, he's just against the whole political system. He doesn't come, come down on any one side. Just like me? Just like you, Darren. Out of chaos comes order, is the mantra of certain occult secret societies. The father of propaganda, Edward Bernays, wrote in a creating powerful chaos to achieve eventual order. The modern day destabilization around the world is a large part of moving towards that order. Fabian socialist writer H.G. Wells penned in his globalist instruction manual, New World Order, that many would die fighting against implementation of the NWO. Doesn't it feel as if there's a purposeful chaos being manufactured amongst the citizenry, citizenry of the world? It's been underway for some time, but many of us have seen it ramp up in recent times. Don't get so caught up staring in the eye of the pyramid, as Darren's got an eye with the pyramid in this shirt right now I'm staring at that you forget the global elite are Don't never going to chest. let us climb up those steps to the top of it. No amount of Joe Rogan's DMT will change the reality that the forces who are funding and influencing this perceived utopian dream have been planning it for decades and best believe they've got a protocol for every potential scenario. You can astral project your order and, A class system and those who are at the top will never relinquish their wealth and power voluntarily, no matter how cool and esoteric they try and make their new age of Aquarius sound. (laughs) Odd man out. (laughs) Interesting. Huh. I got another one from his thing, but it's from somebody else. All right, let's hear it. All right. There is a transnational ruling class, a superclass, that agrees on establishing a world government. I mean, we've seen a lot of this in the last couple weeks there. I mean, this is what's happening. There's a big, big push. Interesting how. Let's hear it. I won't get into it. The middle class is targeted for elimination... But most of the world has no middle class, and to fully integrate and internationalize a middle class, one would require industrialization and development in Africa, and certainly places in Asia and Latin America. The goal of the superclass is not to lose their wealth and power to a transnational middle class, but rather to extinguish the notion of a middle class and, transnational, and transnationalize a lower, uneducated, labor-orientated class. Through which they will secure ultimate wealth and power. It's funny. I heard somebody, I heard somebody that I didn't expect to be talking about the education system and how it was created, specifically like them talking about just basically creating um, mindless, you know, factory slaves, basically out of the education system. Slaves. The global economic crisis serves these ends as whatever remaining wealth in the middle class holds is in the process of being eliminated. And as the crisis progresses, the middle classes of the world will suffer with while a great percentage of lower classes of the world, poverty stricken even prior to the crisis will suffer the greatest, most probably leading to a massive reduction in population levels, particularly in the underdeveloped or third world States. So he's quoting here, Andrew Gavin Marshall.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I've unplugged further.
2: Yeah. That's and good. I
0: don't see any return. That's good. I'm just going to keep unplugging, and I'm going to keep telling people that they're all fascists and that there's really not much you can do about it. What you can do is work on being a better human. And you know what? If we could reach some sort of critical mass there, then maybe they'd just start doing the right thing automatically. Yep. You know, it could be that simple. It could be just a world of negativity feeding these emotional vampires. Yeah. And that when everyone, you know, just started thinking they had enough and stopped being so scared, everything would sort of work itself out. Because honestly, I don't see another route out of it anyway. So if he's right and they do just have all the power, then we could just bitch about it and wait to die, I guess, miserable. Or we can... Make the best of it. What was the fellow's name who wrote the book in uh, Auschwitz? I mean, that guy managed to find a good, to find some meaning in his life in that place. So I think the rest of us here trapped in this Western Hill, quote unquote, should be able to find some sort of balance and at least ride it out, at least make the best of a shitty situation if that's what it is.
2: Yeah. Well, love the, like, man, we love our listeners. We love the people in the chats. We love our friends, like love who you can. You know, we have the best people emailing us about the show, the best, 100%. I mean, it's unbelievable, right?
0: We have the best community in the world, as far yeah. as i can concerned. And you know what? I managed to make it through the whole day today. I drove to Lethbridge and back without getting mad at another driver once.
2: Awesome. That's good. That's progress. That's but huge see that, progress. But driving see makes... is a
0: huge test for me. Really? You too. No. Oh, yeah. I see no, you not anymore. Are no. the guy? No, I don't even care. You're the guy that's on my ass honking. No, Come I on! Don't care. <laughs> No, I don't care. I'm late.
2: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't get late. I mean, I, hey, I'm driving the speed limit, trying not to get any more fucking tickets on the way to work, and people are flying by me at a hundred. I'm like, how is this? Why am I the one getting all the tickets? Everybody flipped. Yeah, that was freaky. That was super freaky. I was thinking about that the other day.
0: <laughs> that was been a sight to see you at seven yeah. in the morning. Yeah, buddy's rolling his car down the expressway. <laughs> yeah, after driving like a lunatic. Yeah. Always worry about that. You see someone drive by like a lunatic and then you see him in the ditch. Yeah. So, what else you got?
2: Oh, so that's I'll about it. We just, uh, well, we should talk about, uh, you know, Contact at the Cabin.
0: Sold out. Sold oh, out. Oh, there's one spot left.
2: One spot left. This is for Dave Matheson and uh, Brandon Powell. In April, contact at the cabin.com right. Bryce Canyon and uh, what's the other one?
0: Forty two miles from Bryce, forty two miles from Zion, nestled nicely in the middle. We got a sold out crowd. We got a bunch of fantastic people going. Ton of couples.
2: Fly to Vegas and drive in.
0: Fly to Vegas and we'll drive you in. Really? Even better. Yeah, we got That's the vans. Right.
2: Yeah, we got the vans. We
0: yeah. got the Vanamites. Check out contact at the dot for all the deets. I think that's about it. We've threw out a couple extra shows the last couple of weeks, so we'll cut this intro short. Grandma's hockey.
2: I'll save some content for the next one. Ball hockey? Ball hockey, yeah.
0: Are your ice hockey days over?
2: Uh, I I would maybe play one day, but I don't play anymore.
0: I've got my equipment still, you know? I should get back into yeah, ice hockey. there you go. My feet get so sore these days. <laughs> I find like I've got like... <laughs> A 40 minute max on skates. Yeah. Otherwise I can't walk when I take them off. You probably push through that.
2: You probably need new skates. You think so? Yeah, probably. You're probably wearing like, I was looking at skates the other day. My
0: skates are at least a decade old.
2: Ian sure. was taking me to skates the other day just to show me what they're, and they're like, the high end skates are like a thousand bucks, 1200 bucks. Yeah, it's crazy. And they're light. They're so light. I'm like. I wonder
0: if your yeah. feet do they pump
2: with air? I remember oh, the, I the, the know, air man,
0: pump ones yeah, came. I don't in. know. Those are the days You should get Grand America Hockey Team going. I seen actually, you know, I got to update the store. GrandAmerica.ch/slash/swag, the Red Bubble page there. They just came out with socks.
2: Oh, they have so hockey we, jerseys, so huh?
0: No, I said socks.
2: I know we should. I think
0: they jerseys. have jerseys. I was looking at toques on another place. I'm waiting for Red. Let's do toques. Maybe. Yeah, I'm they wait. don't have toques yet. I got to check again. It's been a while, but I've seen they came out with comforters today and socks. So, you can now get a Grammarica bed spread and some socks. That's getting a little crazy. That's, That's a little be. bit much. I was going to get you a Grammarica bed spread for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> a Save Sasquatch one. <laughs> Big giant Save squash Sasquatch bed spread. Would you use it? No. Maybe you could put it in the spare room. <laughs> put pictures of yourself all over it. No,
2: let's get a towel, though, or something, maybe, and we'll hang it up on the wall. Well, I'm working on the cact towels right now. Yeah the brown, the pal towel. Yeah. It's per logo.
0: You pay per logo. So. Oh really? You might have to strip all the America marketing off of it and just go straight contact at the cabin. Those these fuckers give me a hundred bucks each?
2: No, no, really? Just make it into one vector then. Can't you do that? Don't you have somebody with graphic artist skills that can just put three logos into one vector and do it that way. Yeah. I do all that. Dude, Yeah. <laughs> have you tried that?
0: No, (laughs) I don't have all the logos yet. I still don't even have the vectorized version of the CAC logo yet. Fucking snake bros. I think Kyle's been in the studio recording. So, hey, Kyle, this is your kick in the ass. I need that logo so that we can vectorize some shit. Can you actually, maybe I'll probably get you to help me with the triple vectorization that Graham was talking about, too, because I actually don't know how to do that. Anyway, anything else?
2: I think that's about it just join the chats and join the chats send us an email graham at Gramerica share the show chats. subscribe on iTunes and support BitChute the show and, and uh, what's the other one we're please on there bitmovio the and all that please support the show Yeah,
0: support. we can't do this without you it's getting cold already in it's October it's getting cold the bills will be going up we got the new server expenses we could use 10 new subs this week how about one of you use? because one of those subs I'm talking to you thank you we love you we'll throw
2: some more black budget out there too that's
0: right enjoy the chat
2: so tonight well tomorrow his time I guess because he's all the way from Delhi we've got uh, ankit Pandy with us he's the he's he's founded a couple startups and he's ran some startups before but uh, really we're here to talk about his interest in astrology Vedic astrology to be specific he's been into that for about eight to ten years so we thought we'd have a, a chit chat with him I think Darren and him are Twitter buddies I think that's how Darren found him I can't remember remember who connected us
0: on Twitter, Someone uh, somehow we got mentioned in the same tweet and here we are, the world's fast moving that way in in a lot of regards these days. So thanks for joining us
2: Ankit, how's it going?
3: Thanks for inviting me over, it's a good day, good sunny day out here Um, and as we just mentioned we have our Independence Day also, we have Raksha Bandhan also, so a really good day to do certain things and do good stuff.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's like we were talking a little bit before. We probably have a lot of, a lot more things in common that you might think with the stuff we've been talking about on the show and your interest in astrology and, and you know these bigger life questions, right?
3: Right. Um, it's so something like an existential existential crisis is something that everybody sort of faces at a certain point of time in their lives. Yep. Um, and when you start to ask yourself those questions, either you get into a state which is sort of depressing which doesn't give any answers or you start to get into probably a spiritual side uh of understanding life uh some of the things which have already been said by different religions and different uh sects and some others which are probably being written new as uh, new philosophers and new people come across um so while this was on, I'm, I'll, I'll just continue from here. While this was on, probably uh, a few years ago, I, was, I found certain patterns and certain things happening within my own life, certain specific dates. Um, and it was just a random coincidence. So when you start observing those, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's probably a placebo at times. There's, there's probably something like that you're noticing too much into it. Yep. Uh, but then it happened too frequently to call it a coincidence.
2: We call, it a synch- you- we call it a synchronicity here, in a way.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So that's when you start diving deeper into it, diving deeper into it. Um, but then, because there's so much information available everywhere, it's just slightly overwhelming when you first dive into it. So uh, one needed to give it a structure, and that's when I realized that I need to probably get into a, a proper structured course of vedic astrology and go ahead and pursue it and see how it actually functions and whether it does... To the extent what these people claim or it doesn't from a scientific perspective um so that's where i'm at i'm sort of in the middle of researching how vedic astrology functions um and also trying to dive deeper into the nuances of it uh by functioning i mean from a scientific perspective whether
0: did you come out skeptical at uh, first like, did you go into the whole thing skeptical before the synchronicity started happening?
3: Uh, not exactly. So there's, there was obviously a bias. That's why I jumped into it. Um, I would say during my teens, which is around 10, 15 years ago, um, I was a complete atheist. I was a complete... So in India, we do have idol worship. I mean, majority of the Hindus do worship idols and do worship, uh, do go to the temples and all of that. And that was something that I, at a certain point in time, felt very disconnected with as to why we're doing that. It doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. because that's how we've all sort of grown over a period of time. Um, But then over a period of time when certain things start to happen and then you start to read more or try and experience those things more, uh, it's maybe a bias, but then it does. I mean, you do get involved in it and then you do get seeing those things. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there was probably some sort of a bias in the beginning, but I still am at a stage where if it does get proven wrong completely, I'm happy to accept it the way it is yeah. because I truly do still believe in science and how it functions. Yeah. Uh, but then I do also understand Jyotish to quite an, to quite a missing level. So I do want to understand how I am still trying to understand how it's.
2: What what made you pick astrology? What what made you pick uh, Vedic astrology to go in instead of maybe something more like occult or like why why that?
3: Um. So see, so so to understand this, one needs to get to the core of things. Um. If you if you observe. Or if you go to the deeper layers of what Jyotish or what astrology is, it is essentially a mathematical assimilation or a mathematical structure given to all the past karmas that you have. Um and how it will sort of proceed. So whatever happens in your life, um you could understand it through various means by tarot cards, by coffee cup readings, or by other any anything of that sort. But then lot of those are much more artistic, much more
2: subjective um, yeah.
3: subjective in some sense yeah. but if you if you need a some sort of a, a logical structure behind it, yeah, then Vedic astrology serves that purpose and oh, okay. coming from a coming from an engineering background, coming from a scientific background, uh, it made a lot more sense to dive or to uh, get deeper into it. Also another thing was that probably. Um, I don't know if you know about it, um, out here in India, we do have lots and lots of Jyotishi, lots and lots of Vedic astrologers and, um, many families who are, or, I, w- I mean, I would say a huge number of families who have even the slightest inclination of, uh, religion within them or, or a slightest bent of religion within them. Some of the people would still go to, people, would still go to astrologers and get their Janam Kundlis and uh, all those things uh, done from the start. Uh, so, for example, baby's kundlis are made just at the time of the birth. I mean, after they're born, just a few weeks from that. Um, what are the kind of things that the baby should probably? What are the kind of things that we should take care of about the baby? Uh, and they would regularly visit these priests, regularly visit these uh, pundits to understand uh, if there is a problem coming by. If we should be aware of certain things, etc., all those kind of things. So, it's sort of ingrained uh, within the Hindu culture in some sense. Is that
0: how you? Sorry, like, is that sort of like I'm kind of comparing that as to what we what the, in the West would be kind of like I guess what we're just sort of getting into personality types and stuff like that. Would it be that probably, sort of yes. same thing? Yes,
3: yes, 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 yes. You probably I I think there's the sixteen uh yeah archetypes. that's
0: right yeah the Jungian yeah, archetypes right. and stuff like that that would sort of be the Indian version of that in in a lot of ways
3: to a certain extent yes uh people do then ask these questions about um how it would happen what will happen and then if there are certain remedies or certain pujas that need to be done uh and how we can probably overcome these things but then at the end of the day ultimately uh every priest or every pandit out here does try and push this forward that it is all about your karma so if you if you've done something wrong earlier something wrong might happen to you you can probably just decrease the extent or the level of whatever happens to you but you can't completely overcome that karma unless you've gone through that pain
0: right right uh, do you have a debt to pay
3: yes you have a debt to pay it's i mean if you look around everybody is dealing with some struggle in their life everybody yeah. around everybody yeah. right so that's
2: that's what it is about. I feel. I feel like the your your culture is more open to different ideas than than us in the West in a way. Like, you know, the yoga the yogas that come from from your area, like all these people, you know, flooding into India from over here to learn how to do yoga properly and how to teach yoga. And it's. I feel like it's more of a spiritual openness there.
3: It is Uh because see, if we just go down. To history. I mean, I, I can't compare the two because I haven't been there and yeah. it's a very, um, the comparison is probably not that much. Uh, but then if we, if we just go down back to the history, um, you'll see that the majority of the scientists who were here or who, I won't call them regular scientists, but then the people who were philosophers, who uh, studied different things, whether from a perspective of how the human body functions or how the space functions are, what are the different planets and sun and moon and all those things, they were also very spiritual. And majority of the things that they have sort of uh, researched on or got have been through meditation. Uh, Because this is a question that I get asked a lot, um, a lot number of times, that how was probably astrology discovered or how did people find about it? And one of the answers that I sort of, give out, and I'm not sure how uh, right or wrong this is, but then that's, that's the way I sort of see it, or that's the way I've sort of understood after reading different texts, different things here and there, that if you're sort of still, if you just sit and go and meditate at a certain place, um, you start to understand your own body functions. You start to understand what's going inside your body, what's coming outside your body, Uh, that, that this stage, probably after you start understanding your breath. I mean, that's the first step that most people talk about you understand your breath, yeah. how it's functioning, and then you start to understand your body. And at a certain point in time, if you're doing it for many, many years and probably a decade or two, you will then understand how your body is interacting with the environment outside. Um, and that's how probably all of it started many thousands of years ago that they, once they understood this, they started giving this passing on this knowledge to people or to their own students. And then it, started
1: to get
0: structured in some manner. Yeah, that's interesting. It's almost like like the Western version of it was it had to be one or the other. There was no way for science and spirituality to really coexist. I mean, I think we're just kind of really seeing the renaissance of that here now where spirituality is trying to creep back in in places like you know, China, India, these places have kind of been saying it the whole time. And, you know, we spent a uh, hundred years saying, look at these guys are fucking crazy. And then we're like, well, fuck, you know, it turns out, I mean, it's the same thing that the, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a native or an Indian, uh, from here an Aboriginal. So, I mean, my people were doing the same thing a few hundred years ago too. You know what I mean? It just seems right. to be the, the new, the new, uh,
2: The new West.
0: The new West that tried to just really detach from all that. And I mean, we were just talking about that earlier tonight about how once you start down that path of choosing logic over spirituality or, or of almost like trying to explain, yeah, materialism, trying to explain away the placebo effect. And I worry that that's a real possibility that you could explain away the placebo effect. You could convince yourself to such an extent that it's not possible that it loses that possibility of being possible
3: right to, to quite next an and yes um it's interesting because and it's a, it's a very right very apt moment in um in these years if you if you just look at the um the recent things that have been happening uh with respect to specifically with respect to media and the fake videos that have um that can come out, that yep. your face can replace, get replaced by mine or whatever. It's, we're seeing this sort of revolution or sort of this change where you can't believe any news as such. There's, yeah. And it will eventually all come down to belief system. Yeah. Uh, what do you believe in? What do I believe in? And that's, that's essentially what we are coming back to over a period of time. Uh, we've all uh, the, the entire cycle of logic has been there. But because there are so many data points available, and we've all uh, sort of come to a stage where we're working with data all or on data, um, certain people obviously can prove anything by any kind of data. And with that, it probably just boils down to the belief system. What do you believe in? Yeah, yeah
2: I agree. It's and like that's,
3: that's, that's sort of scary, also. Oh, yeah. Sort
2: of- yeah. Because when I like, I remember this from 10, 12 years, 10, 12 years ago when I started listening to, to podcasting and when the internet became, when everybody started to really get on the internet. And I thought the truth in the middle is going to be where everybody conglomerates. You know, we're all going to come to this common truth. And really what happened, and we realized this 12 yeah. years ago, everybody became polarized because they just yeah. took whatever data they that reinforced their belief system and used that and ignore the rest of the data. So that was really eye opening and scary for me. I was like, you know, this is not this is not going to go well when we're all going apart instead of to, towards some common middle.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting is I can't remember what book I was just reading or listening to, but they were talking about how where we're headed and we're not that far off is it's going to get to the point where the algorithms are running fucking everything. And and it's going to be the point where no one, you know, it's going to get to the point where we're going to get to the AI. We're going to get the AI algorithm. And eventually the AI is going to get to the point where it can start writing its own algorithms better than we are at which point we're going to lose total control of what the machines and the AI are up to. And our whole entire life is probably going to be planned out to us first to a certain extent. And cars are going to pick you up and drive you places that you don't even know where you're going, but it's figured out in some future timeline that this is the best thing for you to do at this moment is to go get in this car. And, And he he kind of spins it off and he's like, and people are going to find that, you know, if you dress a certain way, maybe the algos will favor you. And if you're kind to people and you lead an honest life, the algos will be good to you. And if you steal and you're bad, then the algos will be bad to you and it'll totally just replace religion.
3: I would still have my doubts with respect to all of it, replacing religion as such. Um, because. that that closeness or that binding that religion sort of gives to a lot of people will be very difficult because you can overcome religion only by logic. You can understand it only through logic. And it's very difficult for everybody to become logical. Because as I said, we still we still or we're going towards a place where we're again working only on our belief systems, where we're probably just heading towards again on our belief systems. And If you're saying that the divide is happening, which we're all seeing, then it is about belief. And belief will always remain ingrained with religion in some sense, probably. But then it's interesting that you point this out, um, that there is a divide. On one hand, there is a divide. But then on the other hand, if you, and this is what I sort of um, am sort of trying to study in some sense, if you understand the basic concept or basic underlying concept of pretty much all the religions. Um every religion has either the Ten Commandments or five things that you're supposed to do or ten things that you should be worried that you should be continuing with your life. All of these things um boil down to a simple fact as to why are these things talked about in a specific manner and what is it that they do within the human body um which sort of help you out. Um, so I'll, I'll give a, I'll give a very, uh, example out here, a small example. If, if you're talking about telling the truth or always saying the truth, it in some ways, um, affects the chakra out here, which is closer to your heart. Yeah. If you're talking about not, uh, being aggressive or not, uh, hurting somebody, it talks about the base chakra, which is the Mooladhara chakra. Um, and with with the understanding of the chakra theory, one can sort of relate all religions to the same base level. And this is where the research on astrology also starts, because that I understand to a certain extent is sort of the codified version of how the chakras are reacting with the universe as such, or how the chakras are reacting with the world as such. It it gives a structure not just to the human bodies. Uh, You can apply the same Vedic Astrology on a notebook, on a pen or on a building or any inanimate object also. Um, And that's that's how that's that's where the study is sort of or I'm sort of getting towards because if you're able to connect these two in some manner, if you're able to understand and that understanding of religion boiling down to the chakras is very easy. Whether you talk about Islam, whether you talk about any of the Abrahamic religions or whether you talk about any of the Indic religions per se, the Eastern religions per se, all of them can boil down to this. It's only about relating the other side. And once you are able to understand or give a very good structure, scientific structure to astrology, it just sums it all up and fits it all up, which sort of creates an underlying pattern towards world peace. And those are larger goals. So very, very large goals, but then yes, it can be a logical discussion
2: or a logical conclusion towards these things. Yeah, uh, sense. I- yeah, yep, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So when you entered into this astrology, like starting to study it with a, you know, with a, a background of open-mindedness, but also some atheism when you were younger, did you was it was it surprising? Were were the results surprising to you that you thought, okay, there is some some scientific uh um structure here or was it are you still in that search for for the for the you know for that uh that kind of so, fundamental yes. grasping of it
3: um so there are certain things within vedic astrology which you need to take on the face of it
2: okay
3: for example mars is an aggressive planet or moon gives moon controls the emotions when you apply it on different charts when you apply it on anybody's chart it those things can be seen those things can be very easily understood by talking to the person and by sort of predicting and then those events in some sense coming through but then why is it happening is something that is not very clear right right so um that that's something which i'm i mean i won't call myself a skeptic on it because it's probably there uh, i do see that happening. But then uh, to convince or to actually put it out there in the scientific community, it needs to be understood yeah. as to why that is yeah. happening. Why would Venus represent the feminine side of humans? Not just females, but the feminine side between you, me and everybody else. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Why would Jupiter represent all sort of wisdom all sorts of higher wisdom
2: and and who knows what it could be it could be like the position of all the other planets the electromagnetic spectrum or something that that, that planet's giving off i mean it's yes, all then, it's all a big mix of uh locations and forces and which could have an effect on the way we are
3: so there are two two ways to go about this um one of the ways is obviously one tries to understand whether it's the gravitational waves whether he's those kind of things the other is to understand is probably something like the gaia theory or theories which talk about everything being connected yeah. the microcosm and the m- macrocosm um, which even the vedic text talked about to quite an extent that everything is sort of affecting each other if you if you see it from that perspective um then the planets or the grahas are not affecting you, you're both interconnected. So if something happens in your life, something happens over there also. And if something is happening over there, it's happening in your life also. And this then gets applied to different other things. So the coffee cup readings or the tarot readings or readings of the palm, all those kind of things or just reading lines on the forehead because it's all connected. You are just using that which becomes a clock. Because that's the most that's the most brilliant clock in some sense, which everybody can sort of see. It's a very good cycle. And if you're seeing it in that manner, it's just a reading. It's not that they are affecting you or you're affecting them. You're just reading it through different means.
0: Okay. That's it's like going to Wikipedia.
3: <laughs> Sorry?
0: It's, it's the same as going <laughs> to a Wikipedia. It's just it's, it's, a it's Yeah. It's just like It's not personal or it doesn't matter who's reading you or, you know, what state you're in or anything like that. It's just, okay, it's, it's in that sense, it is very sort of scientific, right? It's because it's like, I even felt like that when I was getting my star chart reading by Michael Wan, the way he just says, okay, well, you were born on this day and this planet was here and this planet was here and the sun was there. And that means this. And I mean, I'm not a big astrology guy. But every time I get a, a reading, I'm fucking floored. And I don't know if, I mean, I, I would say I am going into it. I mean, the last one less, I mean, the longer I do the podcast, the less skeptical I become about things. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even the first ones, I mean, there, there's something to those. And, and you can't read the horoscope in the newspaper. That doesn't work. But when you get a real reading, There's something about it when these people don't know. And I got to wonder about it in these later years where someone can listen to the show and where I've got thousands of hours of audio online. But in the first ones when we didn't and people honestly, they don't, these people don't know me from a fucking hole in the ground. And it's just, they tell you stuff and you're just like, wow. I mean, and it's weird. You know, when I was younger, I used to notice with names is that people with certain names had certain personality traits. And I actually, I can't remember where, I, but I don't know which, which, uh, culture it is, but that's actually, uh, I just found out the other day, uh, in an audio book I was listening to that there's, there's entire cultures that actually, they choose the name based on that because they feel like that your given name has, oh, has power, power yeah, over yeah, you for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. yeah. It controls so, your destiny.
3: Right, right. So I'll, I'll add on to this, um. So one of the practices out here in the Hindu families is essentially, and that's sort of uh, dying out in some sense, if I may call it that, but then people still do that. The traditional families still do that, that wherever the moon is placed at the time of the birth of the baby, uh, the starting alphabet of the nakshatra is used to actually name the baby. Um, So the names are not found out before the birth of the baby. They are decided after the baby is born and the time of the baby is born. Um, there's also very interesting um, text called... So there's a, there's a whole series of texts. There's, there are Vedas, there are Upanishads, there are other grants that we have. There are other text bodies that we have. And one of the, um, um, one of the Upanishads is called a Nadhbindu Upanishad, which essentially talks about how different sounds affect different parts of your body yeah there are of course different studies around this um that probably certain frequencies affecting certain parts of your body but then that details it out to a uh, quite a lot of extent and now imagine this that somebody is calling you by your name all through your life everybody mm-hmm. is calling you by that by the same name so it's a certain specific sound yeah. which you are being addressed to or you're hearing all through your life and then you're responding to that also it Is bound to have some sort of an effect. Yeah. Uh, So that's that's how it sort of controls it. The problem with all of these things is that because all of these texts are written in Sanskrit, and over the period of past two hundred years or so, uh, there are not many people who are venturing out into Sanskrit. Of course, for the past five six years, we've seen that resurgence coming out here within India also. uh, That. People are getting more involved in it and trying to dig out stuff from what was written earlier, um, but then it's a lot of it has been lost also. So that's that's where we're at. It's it's interesting that you pointed that out with respect to sound. Yeah, that's interesting
2: because I mean even in some of the occult and magic practices, like you you can pronounce you know, Yeshua or whatever, some of these, these, these deities or these sacred names that have a vibration and, a, and a, a power to them. You know, you can even do soul resonance things with your own names based on your consciousness or your uh, subconscious or your higher self. Like, um, So, yeah, imagine being called a vibration, a, a name with a vibration that doesn't resonate with you, right? And how that affects you over time. Right?
0: That was my 20s. What was your name? It was the same name, but I was just a different person.
3: <laughs> you had a, a different Dasha going on back then, probably.
0: That's right, 100%. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, in with the Sanskrit text, I mean, that would basically be uh, the version of the scrolls from the Bible. Um, well, there's a lot of complaining about how, you know, only certain scrolls were included and other ones were squirreled away. And the whole, like, Catholic Christian message seems to be extremely controlled and convoluted. And you can have this, but you can't have that. And you can decipher it, I think, in my personal experience. But, you know, you got to connect some dots. It, with the Sanskrit, do you guys have that same sort of problem in India or is it all pretty open or do you feel okay with it?
3: No, no, no. To, to, to quite a large extent, it was sort of similar. Um, we, so every village out here within India had a temple, uh, or probably had more than one temple also. And those temples were sort of centers of learning. Now, it initially started off, and probably I'm talking about maybe thousands of years ago, if you go through those things, um, where everybody was sort of included you anybody could come and study and do those kind of things but over a period of time it sort of when those things became power structures and when those those kind of people sort of started coming into different places in different areas at at powerheads um you could see a dilution of this particular system and only certain people were allowed so what happened over a period of time that probably Uh, The knowledge was only given to the Brahmins and the lower caste. And that caste system was originally, as I said, was was devised based upon the kind of work that you're doing. You're called an engineer, you're called a YouTuber or whatever. And that's how we named or those caste system was earlier prevalent. What it over a period of time translated into or uh, evolved into was that only a certain sect of people will be eligible to get those knowledge, will be eligible to get that particular knowledge. So the Dalits were not probably treated right uh, and those sort of things happened. But then um, it's, it's, the battle is still ongoing uh, that is still prevalent in some rural areas but then it, it is now much more open. Um, in fact, if I talk about specifically with respect to astrology um, it wasn't even left to the Brahmins or the upper castes as such. What used to happen is that these kings, I mean, there were almost around 300, 400 kingdoms all across India. And these kings, most of them had a Vedic astrologer who was a part of the court. Now, these people were the ones who could research, who had the access to knowledge, who had the resources of the king that they could utilize, and create or write good structures in Sanskrit, which would help out the later generations also to study and to understand these things. Again, within these communities, what happened is that those traditions were left only to particular families. So particular families started or had control over those texts and they started ruling it. And that knowledge never came out of that family because of this, some traditions or some um, kinds of understanding has already been lost out uh, because the families have died out. They've, or the generations have found newer ways to work or newer ways to find the living. Uh, but then lots of interesting astrologers and lots of gurus over here have gone around all over India, specifically uh, Shri Kayan Rao, uh, who's my guru as such, gone across all over India, spoken to these different astrologers of different Uh, Gharanas and different uh, kingdoms as such, and got these texts assimilated together. This has probably happened in the past 30, 40 years or so. And this is specifically with respect to astrology, that the accumulation of knowledge has sort of happened, which is now available to everybody as such. Um, And with respect to Vedic texts also, that was prevalent. But largely, it's now open for everybody to understand and go and read uh what is still a problem is that many of these texts i mean um the language has probably evolved over a period of years right so if i if i understand sanskrit i can probably read certain parts of sanskrit but then if we go more back in time then those texts are probably in sanskrit in pali and in other couple of other languages mixed together so that understanding of that is probably much more than difficult for lots of people, which is where you need to find those proper gurus, which is where you need to find those teachers and figure out if that can happen. Jeez. Lastly, it's become open to quite an yeah. extent.
2: Yeah. Have you heard about uh, <clears throat> Jesus being a yogi? Like for, from when he was uh, that, that first 33 years of his life, traveling around India and learning yoga and the Kachara Mudri.
3: I have, heard about it but i (laughs) i haven't gone deeper into it because um i mean it's a it's a weird thing out here in india that um i i don't know whether it's right or wrong but then there's a tendency for the past five six years that everything that happens outside we've indians sort of tried getting a taking a credit for it ourselves Yeah. Uh, yeah that yes Probably India has been the flower pot of doing this or yeah, doing that. Yeah. Um, unless it's a proper structured text which was probably written certain centuries ago. I mean, there's if there's no valid proof, then but then again, we're in that stage where you can't believe either of these things.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting, interesting theory. You know, and they are talking about uh, the kachara mud, the kachari mudra where you can put your tongue up at the back of your passage and a lot of the, a lot of these things that are from the bible like relating it to just your own spiritual yoga yogic experience you know it's interesting
3: well, that is, right there's another very interesting thing now that you mentioned jesus um and this is again related to the same understanding of chakras in some sense if you look at all the pictures of any of the gods that are there, whether in Abrahamic religions or in Indic religions, they have a halo. And even if you look at uh, Islamic prophets, I mean, Allah is obviously not create, not drawn as such, but any other prophets that have come after that, uh, that they're allowed to draw, or certain sects are allowed to draw, um, they've been given a halo as such. Now, if you try and understand what exactly is the halo, and why does it exist across all of these? Um, it's a very, it's a slightly different theory. But then if you look at any person who's very healthy or just look at maybe a mother who's um, at the peak of her pregnancy as such, you'll, you'll see that glow, that glow in their face. Now, if you come across people who are doing yoga regularly or who are probably very healthy, you'll see that slight glow on their faces also that essentially is the chakras over here sort of having an increase in energy now once you have all the chakras connected and opened up and there are no health issues within your body it all of this sort of brightens up and it's not like you're throwing off the light completely but then it sort of glows to quite a lot extent it's something like, like putting a good, very good moisturizer, but to a very large extent. When that happens, that is where you come to a stage which is sort of understanding the gods or understanding the people who are regarded as gods. There is no doubt that probably, uh, there is no doubt that maybe Muhammad existed, maybe, uh, maybe Jesus Christ existed, maybe Buddha existed, you know, all of these people existed, but then why were they regarded as gods? Probably because they had that sort of energy where they could control lots of things within their surroundings in some yeah. manner. Yeah. Which is what people call the aura. The aura what,
2: yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, right. So, all of that. That, so that sort of ties up to the understanding of uh, this entire scheme of things, whether you talk about astrology, whether you talk about understanding of God, whether you talk about uh, such things.
2: It gets more into the Christ consciousness part of it. It's like the spiritual aspect of Jesus, and not not the religious one so much.
3: Yeah, probably is. Yes.
0: Which is probably more accurate. I yeah, mean, in a great. lot of ways, that's where I what I was talking about when I was saying that that whole message sort of seems to have gotten hijacked, and mm-hmm. you know, they left certain parts of it out. Like, you know, personally, I think that that faith is meant to be in yourself, and you know, there's there's it's more of. I don't know. It's hard to say, but it definitely seems to be more along those lines of, you know, your, 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 your face should be more in yourself and your humanity than some dude with a beard up in the sky, sitting on a cloud and making decisions. It's kind of like, instead of for, instead of wishing for things to be better, just go be better. Try that for a day.
3: Right. 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 Within this, uh, there's also an interesting thought. Um, lots of times, I often get asked the question that is: Is there, like, is everything fate? Is everything predecided? If you believe in astrology, if you believe, or if you understand astrology, is there a difference between the two? And if, if there is somebody or something that is controlling us, then is there no free will as such? And that's a, that's, a, that's a debate that probably no one can answer. But then um, we were discussing this within ourselves, within uh, the groups as such. And we came across this, uh, this quite a decent understanding of how it functions. So <coughs> if, you, if you look at people who have a high drive, who have a very good motivation to do certain things, and who are sort of focused, you will see that they're probably working towards that also for quite a while. Um, their, their chakras sort of get aligned, and their focus of the entire body and the energy sort of get aligned into a specific mission. So, whether you talk talk about maybe say people like Elon Musk who are trying to do those things, or other scientists and explorers who are good in their specific fields. On the other hand, If you also look at the yogis who are just trying to do that, who are just trying to create a balance within their bodies as such from the outside, they've also sort of, um, like specifically uh, Swami Vivekananda, he sort of specifically mentioned that um, you could try, once you try and balance yourself with the universe, if you focus on anything, you can make that happen. Now, what's interesting note here is that and it's written in one of these, uh, one of these uh, books that Ken Rao is, gone.
0: So wait, are, are we talking about manifestation? Sorry? Are we talking about manifestation when you're talking about that? Is if you can get your, your, center? your yeah. center to the right place, if you can get, then you can pull things out, you can, you know, pull things out, create your own reality?
3: Uh, I, I I don't know man the station. I'm not sure of that.
0: Well, it. manifest like you can you can if you can become one with Which the makes, universe, you can c- control reality. You can make things yes, happen. Yes,
3: yes, yes, absolutely. And and the way to do it, as I understand, is probably being completely healthy in some sense. Um, and that's that's sort of the thing that religion also teaches that if you're able to understand your emotions and focus on certain things uh, or focus on maybe a single thing with that balance, you should be able to do that. Mm. Now, how does this function is probably, and I'll come back to the fate and free will part over here because it's sort of tied up. It is said that probably you or probably anybody who comes onto this planet is given somewhere around five to ten percent of free will they're sort of tied with a string or tied with a rope they can either go around in circles or do whatever they want within that entire circle they sort of create now but the more you create a healthy lifestyle and have a healthy body and probably do yoga or probably do any of these practices which sort of open up the mind also and give you that that free will sort of increases, wow, because yeah. What, what you're,
0: and it what even you're starts
3: to overlap. Doing... Yes, overlap and what you're, because what you are essentially, essentially doing is
0: free wills.
3: What you are essentially doing is that you are increasing different, you are increasing the energies of different parts of your chakra, and you are then moving your aura or increasing the energy of the aura, spreading it out wide. If you're able to do that, then you will be able to, you should be able to convince people to do things with you. You should be able to motivate them also. And you should be able to, or you can have that confidence to actually, can have that, uh, not confidence, but the the focus to do certain things also. And that's when you increase the free will quotient to probably 10, 15, 20, 30% or so, which is what they talk about. And which is what we've seen people do time and again, when they are focused and dedicated on a specific thing. <laughs>
0: That's, That's 100%. really interesting. I mean, I agree hundred percent that it's like that. Once, if it, and you, you have to keep that, you start to lose. You start to lose that influence if you start to lose track of adding value, being of service, putting other people before yourself, which are sort of those same tenets that religion. Exactly. it is trying to tell you and it's kind of like um you can grow your 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 aura big enough to start you know you can't well, take someone else's aura right. over but you can sort of overlap it just enough and you know okay and, but, the,
2: but there's the there's the physical part that you're talking about the aura but there's also the metaphysical part that means if you're getting all that all your chakras line, and you're creating that aura you're also connecting to something that could be wherever Well, there, that's time, and space, is not, yeah, time I, and space is not even relevant. I mean, maybe that energy is going to whatever in the universe needs to come back to you. Is and that's resonating.
0: That's why the high level people are the people that I think, you know, in our society, they, they probably come out as successful entrepreneurs in a lot of sense. And, um, you know, and you know, they get painted with this thing that all rich people are evil but I'm really starting to think that if you dial that down and you go start talking to them, I really think that that is kind of maybe what's holding some people back is you get start getting that thought that money and success and abundance are evil. And that could almost be fucking against you in that thing. And, I mean, I don't know. Maybe rich people aren't as evil as we think they are.
2: I mean— They just have more free will. They've created more free will for themselves.
0: Exactly. And if, and if you want to believe in a world— like we're talking about here, then they've created that karma in a certain extent somehow. Or they're just uh, sucking kids' bloods on an island down in the Caribbean someplace and they're doing (laughs) it all like that.
3: This sort of also ties back to the fact that, um, when we're, when a chart comes across to us, uh, lots of astrologers, um, the first question that we sort of ask them is that are you into any sort of spiritual practice? Because if you are, then you don't need um, an astrologer to guide you or to help you out. You can shape or you can push your uh, life into whatever direction you want, provided you are balanced and you are sort of spiritually inclined in some sense. Whether you're going to a temple or a mosque or whatever or whether you're just sitting in the morning and lighting a small candle and just sitting there for a while whatever your spiritual practice is if you're sort of doing that innately and if you're trying to understand or going within your body and trying to understand that you one doesn't probably require any sort of um, seeing by any of fortune tellers or tellers or astrologers or tarot or whatever
2: but would it help to to release your chakras, increase your chakras? Like, what kind of practice would you recommend to to reach more of a awareness or more of a a flow between your chakras? Like, is that where you get into the pranic, pranic healing and that type of thing to cleanse that? I right, so, so
3: I would recommend any sort of traditional yoga, there's or any sort of traditional practice that comes not maybe not just not just maybe yoga, but maybe uh, maybe doing something like a Tai Chi, right? Which is essentially understanding the energy flow within your body. But the, the thing with all of this is that it's very difficult to find authentic and traditional things. I mean, I've been seeing across beer yoga and goat yoga, which has completely sort of blown my mind. Why is this happening? What is the point and what is the relevance of doing a beer yoga or doing a... Uh, go beer to beer,
2: not, beer or beard?
3: I saw I saw beer, beer.
2: Oh beer, okay.
3: Beer. Yes. I saw that um uh, the couple of um, courses or the couple of institutes in US that are probably doing that. You you do one pranayama and one this thing and you can take a sip of beer and then by the end of it you're sort of very high and zoned out.
2: Well, at least uh, you, well, you can do some... that with the cannabis, <laughs>
0: hey, I think,
3: any, is a better
2: use. Anything <laughs> yeah. to get people on the mat. Anything to get people on the yes, mat. The I guy that doesn't go on the mat. I, used to. I mean,
0: you used to glow so well.
2: Yeah, I know. I gotta just, get that glow you, back. Yeah. I know. So what's a traditional yoga then?
3: Um, because there's so many
2: has- different names now, right? I mean, there's all these different uh, Ashtanga and Vinyasa. Yeah, so Ashtanga
3: yoga, Hatha yoga, Vikram yeah. um, yoga also to a certain extent. And yeah. that's, that's quite prevalent in the West from what I understand is a teaching of that. Um, there are many institutes from what I understand, there's Isha Yoga, there's Sri Sri Ravi Shankar's um, Art of Living, and there are many others also. Yeah. Um, so it's essentially that but the understanding is to actually uh, firstly understand what one is diving into. And only then there is of course, lots of literature, there is of course, lots of things written. But then, to a certain extent one can find out what is new and what is the old one see um and i'll add a i'll add a very interesting dimension out here the lunar nodes that are there that exist in astrology i don't know how much you've heard about those Um uh, a little you guys bit, have little bit. yeah we did no, our chart okay. we
2: did our charts and uh we talked about the the lunar stuff at one point
0: i, right. don't, I don't
3: know okay 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 I... so Then. So within astrology, we don't, I mean, within the Vedic astrology, we don't call planets as planets because they are not all planets. They're, there's the sun also, there's the moon also. These are called grahas. Graha essentially means something which takes hold of you. Grahan kar lena. I'm talking in Hindi. Grahan karlena means something which takes hold of you, or takes control of you. Now, two of these grahas, yes. Would please.
0: that be in like a gravitic sense?
3: Yes, yes, yes. I'm talking completely in Vedic sense. Okay. This is, this is, this oh, is no, one sorry, of the, I said
0: uh, gravitic,
2: like, like, like gravity. I thought it was like lycanthropy, like the moon takes control. I was gravity. thinking gravitational, uh, yeah.
3: Not sure of that. I haven't dived deeper into that. It just says grahan, which means taking control.
0: Yeah, to me, that just and, as soon as you said that, I thought that's like a weird fucking spiritual way to say gravity.
3: <laughs> it could be that. It could be. I mean, it could be that. It's just one issue that says that. So... Two of these grahas, which are called the north node and the south node, in Vedic astrology, we call them as Rahu and Ketu. Rahu is essentially something that is very new. That is, it's, it's something like when you're walking down a road and there's lots of fog, you don't know what will happen. But you're constantly, that, that thirst and that hunger for finding out something new always exists within you. So you're constantly walking. There are times... Good things that you encounter, there are times when there are bad things that you encounter, and that is where most of the energies of people, wherever the Rahu is placed, wherever North Lord is placed, go within their lifetime. Ketu is something which is the past summation of all the lifetimes that you've had, all the experiences that you've been through, all the things that you've done in your previous lives, and that's why you're sort of detached from all of those things now the entire life cycle sort of revolves between these two things what you are supposed to do what you want to do and falling back on the experiences that you have done to counter or to play well with those things that are happening ahead of you now within the world that we are in because technology is moving so fast and everything is happening so fast you will we we constantly keep on encountering new problems those Solutions to the new problems. Obviously, one way of finding the solution is to figuring out from what we've seen other areas. But the other way is also trying to go deeper down behind. Because as I say, w- the stronger the roots are, the higher the tree will grow, and the wide, more wide it will be. Right. So if we're able to understand the roots, we'll be able to understand what lies ahead, or probably not what lies ahead, but maybe face it with much more easier understanding.
2: What if you, are you you clearing your karma? Like you're, are you clearing or or cleansing your karma when you go back to strengthen those uh roots?
3: You like, are you you dealing dealing with your your past karma? karma? Not exactly dealing with your past karma, but taking experiences and understanding from that as to how to face what is happening in the front. So,
0: so it's almost like looking at your experiences a little deeper than just surface level to see what you might have missed
3: yes yes to some ex- to some extent yes but then um more to techniques like maybe past life regression maybe things where you can understand that and maybe understanding the chart from a perspective of what is the karma that i'm supposed to deal with and if one does not want to go near all those things then maybe doing or taking a yogic route and taking a traditional yogic route which helps in countering the uh, the problems that one is facing in today's life it's a simple example there's too much information there's too much confusion in the head you sit down to meditate for an hour every day or just 15 minutes every day and it sort of eases the tension This. Sort of balance holds true across facets of all the li- across all facets of life some sometimes. So whether you dive deeper into the knowledge, or whether you do it from a physical perspective, or whether you do it from an exercise perspective, or these hypnotic or um, past life regression techniques or all of those. And what, I, that,
2: that,
0: what about? I uh, because
3: family. Really what yeah. about
0: anti Sorry? What about entheogens or plant medicines? Anything, anything like that that goes along with the, the Indian traditions?
3: It, so you're talking specifically with respect to Ayurveda? Uh, just like and,
0: psychedelics.
3: Psychedelics. Um, so, yes, um, they've talked about specific things. So, I was uh, going through this. Like, one of my friends was talking about this earlier about how alcohol. Has been written about. Um, people do talk about cannabis also as a healing medium and all of those things, and that the Western medicine is also sort of now seen over a period of past 15, 20, 30 years or so that is helping in a lot of ways. Um, but then, as I understand, one of the things of understanding this is that we can use it for recreational purposes because cannabis sort of gives a gives a wide high over here, whereas alcohol does it at the bottom of the body. But then the more you, I mean if you, if you don't sort of uh, have a stronger body, then this sort of has a bad effect in the longer run. Um, however, all of these things, whichever the nature is sort of provided, are obviously helpful within specific places when it is required for specific diseases or for healing purposes or whatever um they've been written about quite extensively in various texts i am not an expert in those but then yes i know for a fact that they've been written about for quite a while in fact um cannabis is sort of um like in india if you crush the leaves and you then make a paste out of it it's called bhang now hang out here um, do you know what a chutney is it's, chutney like, is something ha- like, it's a- like
2: hash isn't it
3: no, no, hash, no? Is, hash is completely different, right? Oh, okay, but, okay. So I'm talking about a separate, completely separate thing. Like um, you Chut- have chips with sauce. Chutney? And, oh, uh, like uh, uh, kind of chutney.
0: like hummus, sort of.
3: Yes. So something like a sauce, something like a mayonnaise or something of that sort. Out here in states like Himachal Pradesh and a couple of other North Indian states, which are near to the uh, hilly areas, they create bhang chutney also. Bhang chutney is essentially cannabis chutney made out of cannabis which you can eat with your regular food it has very less it is very less in quantity uh but then that's that acts as a healing mechanism for certain things majority the food that is prevalent in india uh or that was prevalent in india now it's been distorted and it's been mixed and mashed to quite an extent but majority the food that was there was suited as per what the climatic conditions required and what sort of job the people are doing and what was good for them, beneficial for, from a spiritual perspective. So Bhang Jitani was probably one of those which was helpful within those regions. <coughs> of course, from a, from a perspective of uh, uh, entertainment and that, hallucinogens were used and they're still used uh, in our festival called Holi, which happens everywhere, every time around March or so. The, color of, uh, the festival of colors, which you might have Yeah, I've heard of, of that. So, right. So, holy is a play. Holy is a time when you sort of, when almost everybody has a drink of Bhang, um and they sort of get high and stoned and all of that. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that exists. That exists. It does give a wide vision. It's good for opening up. From what I understand, it's good for opening up your thoughts and perceptions for a certain period of time. But then, in the longer run, one can lose sense of reality. To actually tie down all the threads and then be grounded um one needs to have some sort of controlled usage in some sense
2: right yeah that makes sense yeah everything in moderation you know Mm.
3: right
0: even moderation yeah (laughs) um anything else we should get to before we start to wrap up
3: um No, I think, I think, I mean, we could, we could talk about lots of other things, but then, um, I understand it's been a five hour, this thing for you. I could probably go on and on about <laughs> astrology and the deeper understanding of it and probably, uh, making people understand astrology also. But then, uh, well, I understand the time that you spend on this is,
0: well, this has been great. I mean, we'll have to do this again. This yeah, has been, been yeah. fantastic sure. so far before we wrap up, where can our listeners track you down?
3: Uh, Twitter is the best medium. I Twitter. Would say Twitter is, yes, yes. Okay, we'll That's put true.
0: your, what's your, what's your at? Ankit, pande,
3: A-N-K-I-T Pandey, A N K I T P A N D E Y.
0: Okay, we'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Yeah, and we should
2: do this again for sure. It's been a great, it's absolutely. been a fun, fun chat.
0: Yeah, this was, uh, and, but, kind of came out of left field but it's been fantastic and i think uh, actually we were talking before the show we've never had someone on from india before which is weird you know we've been doing the show six or seven years we talk about this kind of stuff and it's the first time so you know right. we'd love to we'd love to keep in touch and and talk about this a little bit more i mean i mean we could spend hours just talking about about the uh, cultural differences and you know we could go down so many different avenues with this it's been fantastic Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it overlaps okay. with so much of the stuff we talk about. We were just talking about meditation earlier on tonight, and and, right. and the chakras and oh, right. and manifesting. I mean, it's it's all it's so uh, so familiar too. Um, right. What was I going to say about? Uh, I can't remember now. I can't remember. The
0: chat room are asking when your book's coming out.
3: When my book is coming out, probably a couple
2: of years, maybe. Perfect. <laughs> uh... I, oh, that's what I was going to say. What time is it there for you now?
3: It's ten o'clock in the morning.
2: Okay, because we sometimes we're in here on the weekend, so we could do another late one uh, on a Saturday, like f- Sunday for you or Saturday for you. So, you know,
3: I am up for yeah. it. Yes, yes, yeah,
0: yeah. It's been great, and we've seen the sun shining, so we got a little more proof that the Earth is probably round. Round.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Life is good. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Ankit, and, uh, for and joining investing. us on your holiday. And I'll see you you. on the Twitter and and come back anytime. This has been fantastic.
3: We'll do that. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: And that was our chat with Ankit Pandey. What'd you think, buddy? It was really
2: fun. Yeah.
0: It was kind of one of those ones. I got to say, it's like one of those days where I get up in the morning and I'm like dreading it. And you know what? It's not that I don't like podcasting. It's just that when you wake up and you're tired and it's six in the morning and you're getting ready for work and you're thinking, geez, I got a podcast from four o'clock till 11 o'clock after this. It's a little disheartening, but then I get in here and the time and flies there's three by. Great, and three it's great conversations, great and, you know.
2: and, and there's overlapping points, like I was mentioning about the meditation, and the manifestation, and the shawkes. Like that gives us a whole new perspective on what we've been talking. Oh, about. Oh yeah, right? like some of the stuff the he was talking the free about free manifestation
0: is is fit perfectly into into where I'm at right but now. But I've
2: never thought about it as far as like increasing the free will aspect. But that's a really unique way to look at it.
0: That is an interesting way to look at it. If you look at that free will as being sort of your control. I mean, and it all kind of tie, ties into some of what Peterson talks about, about how God being the subconscious. And, you know, Napoleon Hill talks about that's how you manipulate the universe, is getting your conscious thoughts into your subconscious somehow.
2: And maybe that that's the way it, they do it. And Mr. that's the, the way the they do it. The I mean, and everything
0: I'm finding seems to be like, that's the way you do it yeah. here. So uh interesting. Another, like another brick back in the to wall.
2: Meditation, you know, really. Like almost every show we talk about now that comes back to this meditation. Bias. But the
0: very least it comes down to not being an asshole. So think about that the next time you're being an asshole. I mean it's something I actively have been trying to do in my life. You can't do it perfectly all the time and you slip up all the time, but you can always you can always just say sorry after and be like, you know what, man, I was frustrated and I've had to exercise. I've been trying to exercise that in my life. Even yeah. if I have a little blow up, it's, you know, yeah, I owe so an apology. Off, yeah. I shouldn't have done yeah, that. I shouldn't have yeah. flipped you off. Yeah. yeah that yeah. too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Big thanks to Aniket for coming on the show. Check out all his Twitters. Uh, big thanks to you guys for listening and a huge thanks to the few of you that choose to support the hundreds of you that choose to support the show. Let's change that from hundreds to thousands by heading over to grimerica.ca support today. Sign up for monthly on the Patreon, the Skype, the PayPal. Make a one-time donation. Whatever you can do to help us uh, grow this thing into something that can make the world a better place. That's what we're trying to do here. Most of the time. Most of the time. When we're not just fucking around. Uh, Other than that, Thanks for listening and we will see you next week.
1: Oh, if you could touch infinity, I think that your hand would fall. fall off. And we're gonna need all the purple in the world. And we're gonna need all the love Or the Dive in a divinity, I think you'd come back in a flash with stories to tell. Coming out of your turtle shell to tell us of heaven and hell. Oh, and everything in between. Oh, and everything in between. everything in between and make your mama proud some of you may have heard by now Darren and Graham have had to close up shop on the Igloo their makeshift podcast studio but don't cry now it's time for you to subscribe now it hurts so bad to say goodbye to the Igloo many excellent interviews were had in the Igloo Darren and Grandma pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Get into a real studio with a little help from your America subscription. Subscription. Cha-cha.